Today is Monday, April 10th, 2017. This is episode 32 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Flattis and Shinder. And welcome everybody to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Flattis. And with me, this host is Shin. I just <laughs> I had nothing I know jokes for you today. How do you like that? How do you like I, that? I think that's the first that you are actually speechless. <laughs> so you got no jokes. I mean, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. You don't know now. Do you want jokes? Would you prefer the joke? You should give him the jokes. We can hold off for this week. Maybe we'll, we'll can come back next week, fully revitalized and prepared for more jokes. All right. I guess what he's saying is that we have a busy show schedule. <laughs> That's really true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, it's actually a former co-host of mine. It's Chewina. Hey, everybody. Minus the special in his little introduction, but glad to be here. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, I'll have more. I'll shout out that one. <laughs> I'll have more on Chewina when we, we dive into our main topic, uh, more of our, like how we know each other and backstory. Cause we, we do have some memories and stuff we have to get through from this past week. So, uh, Shin, you want to go ahead and take it? All right. Uh, this past week, we dove into and cleared all of five turns of Binding Coil synced. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We ran with some people, from a bunch of people across Primal. And uh, special shout out to those that came, especially the group from Behemoth that we've been running with for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're kind of awesome. And they're actually responsible for putting this all together. So thanks to them. Uh, and on that note, to run through fast here, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, or if you're looking for a free company just to hang out, uh, look no further. Garuda Gang is on fan for it. That's us. Uh, we're looking for people to join us now for Stormblood. Uh, we want to do dungeons, raids. We also have experimental comedy tonight. Uh, that's debatable on the quality of that, but who knows? It's experimental comedy. Listen, it's it's the point is is that it's experimental, so you got to know what's bad. But when you get something good, you're like, all right, I can fly with that. Really, it's just what we use later on the show. So that is true. Yeah. Also, shout out to our new member Sapphire Moon who joined us this past week. Yeah, we winning one one person at a time. It's coming. It's coming together slowly. Slowly, but sure. maybe two later. Maybe, <laughs> maybe two. Um, That'll be next week. 
Uh, we also have some news. The winners of the gear design contest from uh, Square Enix and Final Fantasy XIV were announced. Um, you can go check them out on the Lodestone. Congrats to the winners. Uh, Shin, you took a, did you take a look at the winners? I did. There were some interesting designs. Maybe not my first choices, but uh, read after reading through some of the stuff on the actual reasonings why they chose it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I do. And like it does the, sound like they're interested in implementing some of the other ones as well in the future. Yeah, I well, we discussed it on 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 Moogle around, but we know which one's my favorite. I hope that comes to the game. Uh, <laughs> it was the Moog, or it was the uh, the Carbuncle one, right? No, it's not that. <laughs> It was not that one. Uh, <laughs> the Hatching Tide event is underway. So don't uh, don't forget to get your own mini Chocobo flying egg. Uh, spit, wait, wait. Mini Chocobo spitting flying egg. I forgot it spits out the Chocobo. It goes pew and the little yeah. Chocobo shoots out. And I'm not too sure about the whole like uh, hijinks and surprising. It seems like more like scaring people on, on Easter. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a little confused on that. What is it? Is it like an object you placed? or No, it's literally a mount. You were riding oh, a what? giant golden egg that splits apart and shoots a chocobo out. That's it's, amazing. It's like so a reverse fantastic. Pac-Man or like a Kirby spit of a chocobo? Is that? Kind yeah, of. Kind of. Kind of? Yeah. That sounds think, pretty good. Yeah, think of the reverse. Like if, if Yoshi... Like, you know how Yoshi's egg pops up and he pops out of it? It's kind of like that. Yes. Except um, it's big enough that you can ride on it. I need to see a video of this later. Is I'm going to try to find like one for you. Excellent. Pretty, I would love to see that. It's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> um, in community news, if you missed our two-part special with Phoenix Down Radio, uh, go go listen to that. Um, it's we, we went... we dived pretty deep on preparing yourself for Stormblood. So if you're returning to the game and you're like, where do I even start? Um, you can go to phoenixdownradio.com and go check out the first part of that episode. And then you can head on over to maelstromradio.com to check out part two. Um, both fantastic shows. Uh, we gave you both a mix of, I would say, good information and a lot of making fun of Klaus. So, <laughs> so it was a healthy mix. <laughs> We've also Sorry. identified the mommy of light. We did. Oh, no, the mommy, the mommy of, darkness. of darkness. Sorry. <laughs> the mommy Sorry. of darkness. Uh, so uh, if you want to know what that means, go check out our part of the episode. But I would suggest listening to part one first so you get a good grasp on it. Also, Sarah Tomono did a fantastic lore segment on Zervon. Um, and then I did a fantastic lore segment on Lava Scorpion. Uh, so <laughs> I guarantee one of those is probably the better one. <laughs> and it's not mine. So <laughs> go listen. <laughs> it's an inside joke. <laughs> Smile, just smile and nod because it is such an inside joke. We're also, <laughs> uh, Shin, actually, this is your thing, so I'm going to have you uh, go ahead and uh, take care of this part. Yeah, so uh, just a quick heads up for all of those who are listening. We are starting to prepare for Extra Life this year. We are going to have a team. We've already started it. Uh, if you're interested in helping us or running with us during Extra Life, uh, let me know. Send me a message. Uh, send us an email at show at maelstromradio.com uh, or send me a message on Twitter, whatever, uh, and we'll try to get there. We should have some details soon, and uh, but we are planning and hope to announce some awesome things uh, soon. Particularly, it might involve certain people race changing to Lollafells if we raise enough money. Yeah. Have you guys set an amount for that? Because I'm about to write a check. <laughs> Not yet. That's what I'm still debating on. Yeah. How high before I will actually go and change to a Lalafell? Yeah, it's it's the small race. 
is it is it that it's hard for you? Why is it why is it so hard for you? Uh, because they they're they're everybody makes fun of them. You well, it's squash them when you see them. They're like yes, they're it's, it's basically the EQ two equivalent or the EQ equivalent of a gnome. I love gnomes. I think you two are way too harsh on short races. Just because they're short doesn't mean they're any less awesome than the other races. Oh no, we have uh, Dagon Deathy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great name uh in chat saying lols are evil and then dag dag on death angel potato they are potatoes this is uh one of our friends over from the behemoth group uh also klaus in chat everyone makes fun of you already though flatus this is this is from a man who's salty about losing a beard contest anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> he can't fight back i feel bad he can't fight back in uh, <laughs> in chat <laughs> all right before we go too too crazy here we we could we could start our actual topic on time right look i did it this for you buddy you get it you get one get one a month i get we get one a month use yours for april already next week it's back to my shenanigans all right, so <laughs> our main talking point. So what brought this about was that Chewie popped in the chat one day <laughs> and I had spawned this idea. I'm like, what if there was a person who really hasn't played Final Fantasy 14, but had knowing had knowing Chewina had really strong opinions about MMOs and Final Fantasy 14 is fairly popular uh probably it's right up there with warcraft in like second place of subs uh mmos and it, i mean out of the, the the giants right now final fantasy 14's you know doing pretty fairly well and with the, its third expansion coming out in um second uh coming out in the summer what better time to say hey <laughs> ask a person who hasn't really played final fantasy 14 what what are your top five reasons for playing an MMO? Wondering what are the five other reasons that push you away from an MMO and see if final fantasy 14 is a fit for someone who asks possibly harder questions than does it have cute dresses <laughs> and can I make a cool looking character? I think Chewie asks uh, yes to both. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> um, so I thought uh, no better person than, uh, than Chewina because I think he asks some really uh, great questions. <laughs> I like how to grow that amazing beard flaps. Uh, you know, hang out and drink beer. Eventually, it'll do it. drop two. Uh, what was it? Uh, you go, you drop, drink whiskey, drop two drops on your face, go fight a dragon in the woods, come back, instant beard. You know, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I told you how to do this uh, like three or four years ago. And look at me. Look at me. Still baby. So you got to find that dragon. The wrong dragon. Oh. You got to find the wrong dragon. So, uh, and, and for the people that don't know, because I know this, we're mainly a Final Fantasy 14 podcast, but Chewina and I go pretty far back. Um, my first podcasting show ever was called Evercast. Um, and I met Chewina through Reddit. He was looking for, uh, he was looking for a co-host to come talk about a game that we were hoping that would eventually come out, but was sadly canceled. Um, but I conned him really good. He did. He's so 
a couple of years, Adam. <laughs> Too soon. Um, and uh, I think, uh, and if I mean, it's still, I think it's still out in the ether. You can go listen to old episodes of Evercast. It's on, I think, uh, the Evercast website on YouTube, and uh, it's still out there. So you can see a, a young, <laughs> a younger <laughs> Flatus uh, discussing uh, MMOs. But I think what we did a lot in that show was ask hard questions about MMOs during that time. And I thought it would be really interesting to ask those hard questions again. But from a game that I fell in love with and only not only because I love the franchise, but also I think the game's kind of fun. So uh, let's go ahead. So for those unfamiliar with it, but Final Fantasy 14 is a massive multiplayer online role playing game. I know those people listening that are uh, here for Final Fantasy 14 know this already, but the people that don't, <laughs> uh, it takes place in Eorzea and it brings familiar Final Fantasy themes to the MMO genre. Some of those defining features include uh, being able to play all levels and classes, uh, adventure gathering, crafting all on a single character. Now, Chewy, <laughs> this was something uh, that was... I think a lot of us said that we would want like one character that could do it all, <laughs> right? Like we didn't want to go through the grind of having to level alts because it was having to go through the story again, having to do the same quests again. So something that we wanted is in this game. So what do you think of that? Uh, personally, I think it's pretty awesome. So I guess we're off to a good start on the yeah. get Chewina on the Final Fantasy train. Uh, but for me what i really like is is yeah you do skip the grind right but also i feel that as more people play alts they have less of a motivation to role play i feel like if you stay one character and go through enough that even if you're not much of a role player maybe you uh get dragged into the game when you're constantly on alts you almost have this like anonymity you know no one ever sees that name probably very often you jump around a lot so maybe bring that multi-classing into the situation so that you, you can really develop that online persona. I don't know. That's, that's my biggest, uh, I think advantage or, or interest. Now, on, that. on the other side of that, the few role players that I do know in final fantasy, uh, final fantasy actually have a whole bunch of different alts just so they can role play different characters. Okay. <laughs> the role, the role, I, I should, I should make a little caveat here that the role playing community is pretty intense and it's so so big in final fantasy 14 that they made a special symbol for role players so you know that they're role playing so you don't break their role play i thought every game had that flatus no Warca- i have far- had that bad boy War- warcraft yeah, does not have played it. the everquest so much i, I did not I the warcraft where role playing was a completely different thing yeah yeah you go, you, you rolled up you went to moon <laughs> you rolled you human and went to moon guard and then you were just like oh this is what the internet is <laughs> Rule, uh, anyway, I mean, you, know, you go to the Goldshire Inn and then Rule 34 just takes over real quick. <laughs> Any, everything goes down there. Anybody that plays Warcraft knows about Goldshire Inn. Uh, I think some people that never played Warcraft even know about Goldshire Inn. What did you do in Goldshire, Flattis? Listen, there's some freaky shit. What didn't you do? <laughs> we took, listen, when we took Shin to Goldshire <laughs> They did. It was the first time that we were really playing, and they're like, "Nope, okay, all of us, we have to go over there now." I and how long <laughs> did you last there? All of like thirty, Not forty very. minutes. Yeah, no. Uh, Dogatron oh, and chat. You guys all night long. Don't lie. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Dogatron and chat. ERPing in muds is how I met my wife. How I met me wife. <laughs> me wife. <laughs> Am I supposed to read that with an accent? How I met me wife. No. 
Okay. Anyway, going back to this. All right. So uh, one thing I really like is having a single overarching storyline uh, that immerses, and this is in the game, so I'm just going to say uh, that immerses the player into Eorzea, which gradually introduces them uh, to the game and to the characters, like the main characters you'll follow uh, in this world. Um, so, I, I mean... It's probably one of the, I think one of the biggest reasons a lot of people play this game is the story uh, just because it's so it starts off like I'm I, I get off a cart and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're you're in three years later. And you're like, holy shit, I did some I did some stuff. <laughs> I've seen some shit. So for my limited experience, the story uh, element in the game is very strong in areas but you go through these like little periods even in like the main beginning quests and stuff where it feels kind of awesome and then you're like what the fuck am i doing like why why am i spending time here but then it gets awesome again so like i've had a lot of friends who tried it like me and you know that first beginning area wherever they started they just dropped it like the cutscenes were a little too long and the story wasn't interesting enough so do you guys think as as people who have survived that and kind of gone on to play a lot a, a lot um what did you have to overcome that barrier of how it's presented or since you were final fantasy players is that something that you were used to and kind of seek out are you secret lovers of the chat bubble and or box tell me caveat shin final fantasy 14 was shin's very first final fantasy so i'm gonna let shin answer yes I did actually have to go through all of that. And uh, so when I first started playing a couple years ago, Flatus was like, hey, come check out this MMO and like the back alley and club me over the head. Anyways, um, so uh, then I, start, I, I started playing. <laughs> I started playing Final Fantasy after the show. Extra Life a few years ago. So I had 24 hours where I had to just, I was sitting down and I was just playing a game. So I did this with Rift a few years prior as well. Um, actually for a couple years and it was kind of interesting starting from level one and seeing how far you could make it within the 24 hours. So that's what I did with Final Fantasy when I first played it and I was mostly playing by myself. So I did find that it got a little bit, there was a little bit of points where it dragged and it wasn't so great. Uh, But because I was playing straight for those 24, 25 hours, uh, I managed to actually get all the way up to level 30 or just before I think I was 29, uh, which was a good chunk into the game. But uh, I wasn't so much into the MMO at, or like to, to ready to play MMOs at that point, having been severely burned out on other ones, not much prior to that. So I actually stopped playing for almost a year at that point, came back at level 30 and picked up the storyline from there. And it wasn't long after that when the storyline just kind of kicks it into high gear and takes off. And so, yeah, after that, that first group of quests and, and getting through all of that, uh, then I found it definitely picked up a lot and it was a lot easier to get into. Now, around that time, would you say that would be expansion content, like after the base game? No, that that was probably about halfway through the base game. That's not too bad. Okay, you probably wouldn't have this number off the top of your head, but how many hours of gameplay would you say that is? So back then, it was about 24. But nowadays, it, it goes quite a bit faster to get through all of that. I would say probably 10 to 15. If that, that's, that's probably like a, a little bit of a slow estimate as well. I guess that's more reasonable because um, I'm not much of a grinder. I'd be more on the slow side. 
Yeah, and it's it's something especially that it's a lot better when you're playing with other people, and, and it's hard having a bunch of people that you know already in the game uh, because they can't go back and do those quests unless they have a new character. They can't see the same cutscenes that you're seeing. They can't help as easily. Um, but they can play with you, of course. But there's still a lot of things that you can only do solo, and, and that's even true when you're playing with two people that are going through the content at the same level at the same time, there are certain things you have to do by yourself. And that's just, um, we can go through this later, but they have uh, recognized that that's a really poor experience. And subsequently they've removed that element or reduced that severely in the later patches. Yeah. It uh, almost for me suffered from what Swotor suffered from me. And that was the, the single player game in an MMO game. Like, like why? Uh, instances can be really cool to deliver story, but at what point does that start impacting overall gameplay of an MMO, right? You have to like understand that there is some limitations to the technology when you're doing this. Um, but I will say some of the instances were pretty cool. Uh, I just, it would have been really cool to do them duo. And I think I would have gotten farther if so. So the one thing that I find really interesting, and especially after burning out on a few MMOs, uh, and just kind of wanting to not group with other people, not want to have that stress of having to be someone who can actually contribute to the group and not just need to be carried. Uh, I kind of had some issues with having to go through content where it was a group at first, but I think it was right around level 15 or so. You're thrown into a, you can't progress anymore until you do this dungeon and you need a group to do that dungeon. It's a really easy thing, but it gets you into the dungeons and gets you running these things with other people, gets you interacting with the community. And once you hit 15 or so when that happens, they keep doing that every few levels so that you're constantly slowly getting used to everything going on and you're you're forced to interact with others. I love that. Yeah, it's it's kind of they it's Square Enix I think really wanted to take those early levels and and so to, to because we knew they knew people were going to play the game based on it's a Final Fantasy title, so they they knew people were going to make this their first MMO based on yeah they because, know that it, demographic because it's a single player RPG, uh, not even ever multiplayer, right? Just always single player. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I mean maybe early NES maybe had an option for a small six. player or something. Yeah, yeah but it was like with the cable, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, other than Eleven, which was their first MMO. I mean, it's not like they haven't had MMO experience before, but That's Eleven true. that was Eleven PS2, right? That was two thousand PS2, Xbox three sixty, and PC, and um, it didn't. It had crossplay between those plat. One of the very first That's games. I, cool. wow. Yeah, it was one of the first MMOs to ever have a crossplay between platforms. Was Final Fantasy Eleven. Final Fantasy holds a lot of firsts, <laughs> and like in pushing like the MMO genre forward, it does hold a lot of firsts. Um, uh, uh Tanlin chat, I burn out uh, so much faster when I'm playing again alone, looking at you, Conan Exiles. <laughs> it's pretty funny um uh so i i would say that when when they knew they were going to launch this uh, relaunch it again they they had it relaunched and it ended up on the playstation 3 the playstation 4 and pc all cross-platform all all people coming in and starting to play the game um they're they're still looking at getting it on xbox one i mean they know people are going to make this their first MMO, so they really do take the time to teach you, like, all right, this is how you play your class. There even is, uh, there is the Hall of the Novice that teaches you about, like, the danger reticles on the ground and, and teaches you how to, like, do DPS or teaches you how to tank or how to heal. And it rolls you in, eases you into party play. Like, the first dungeon super easy, not, like... 
not something that you're going to like stress over, but also throws in some mechanics on the last boss where it's like, oh, there's there's these platforms you're going to have to tag and hit so you don't spawn extra mobs. So it's something that they start easing you in early on. MMO veterans are going to be like, all right, well, this is kind of new but you can see what they were if you're a smart player and you're you're kind of like looking at those things it's almost like they didn't tell you, you you had to click these things it's almost smart game design to show you like oh this thing's splashing water what happens and then you see a mob pop up oh i could click that thing <laughs> yeah. so so it is very much smart game design and and teaching newer mmo players how to level up so where maybe you hit a wall in the early levels um where Shinsen, like where the stories kind of brings you in, where Shin and I get, even myself, like I, I'll agree with Shin, I very much felt like the story's a little light, but when you hit 30 and the story starts getting to that point, I'm like, oh wait, there's there's some serious stuff going on here. How do I, like how do I want to progress? Because I really start to feel for my character and feel for the characters around me. And like the world I'm living in, like the world I'm playing in. I don't RP, but I do feel for my character and I do feel for the the NPCs around me. And we'll, I think we'll get more into that <laughs> um, right, right now. <clears throat> so combining. Have you cried, yeah, have you yeah. cried when these have died? Uh, How has an MMO ever made you cry? This is a, a great question for both. Uh, I, yes, I think it has nothing I mean, to do with the MMO. <laughs> just like. Now you really have to explain. <laughs> and like, like you just made some life choices. Too, too soon. Just some poor life choices, and you're in the bath. Uh, like the, PG, uh, our ERP is coming back. In like now. you're like <laughs> was, some some girl stomped on your some lava fell stomped on your heart, and just like no, I think she was a girl. That's all that matters. Uh, I would say that uh, three letters. That I don't without spoiling anything. There there have been some major surprises in the storyline that shocked, like literally has shocked me, and it was like what, like when I finished the story, like. I stopped, like, went into, like, watching, like, the cutscenes, like, the voice that's all acted, like, cutscenes in shock about what was happening, and then they cut it off, and I was like, wait, what, what? <laughs> and I was like, you can't we do that to In the last patch, we were, like, we were doing the content together, and we were watching it, and then suddenly something happened, and we're both like, what, what just happened? What just happened? What? Wow, you're actually kind of shocked by it. That's yeah, shock. storytelling for an MMO, right? Yeah, it is. Without spoiling every anything, um, the one thing that I hear a lot of people describe the storyline as it continues on, like at the beginning, it's like, yeah, you're introducing, you're getting the world building, you're getting all that sort of stuff, and things kind of kick into gear, and then it's Game of Thrones time. No one is safe. Yeah, uh, we lost we lost a character. Uh, I didn't think I was like it was it was such a we like lost uh, more than one character where yes. we didn't want to or didn't think <laughs> we yeah and but I, I never, no one ever expected this one though and I was like oh god <laughs> like like that was the first time I like had a tear in my eye because I was like because he says something to my 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 character and he says it to all the characters but he says I, I I won't say it but he says something to my character that ripped my heart out. It was something so profound that I was like. It was probably one of the best lines. I love how crazy right now. He's yeah, crazy. it is such a. Oh, it's yeah. one of the That's best the lines line. <laughs> a character has ever, a fantasy character has ever said to a a main hero. Like like 
I was like, this is phenomenal. Like, I don't know, you know why Talon this is. might argue with you there. Oh, no. You say that's so, the most badass line. If this wasn't. Give but, me a sword I, and I'll win this war. This wasn't like a badass line. This was more of a. It, it I, was I, the equivalent of Snape's always. Yes. Wow, that's, that's how yeah. you put it. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's, it was that kind of like touching, like, holy crap. So. Uh, <laughs> I just want to cut in quick back with yeah. our last point about uh, the game slowly introducing you to things. As someone who came into this game with 10 years of MMO experience prior, I found the beginning to be really slow. But around 35 or so, you, you meet your second primal fight. And uh, I think that was probably the first part in this game. that it, it wasn't really challenging or anything, but it gave me a slight glimmer into what could be. And that was enough to kind of hook me into seeing what's next. What will they actually do? Like that's when they started introducing actual mechanics into fights. And since then hitting level 50 and seeing all the content and now 60 with all that content, they have been doing a lot of really awesome stuff with their mechanics and their fights. And even there's, there's content that takes five to 10 minutes for you to do uh, can be at the level of raids and other MMOs. And that to me was really, really uh, a huge draw. That is really, really interesting. And it, it is good game design, like you said, because what, what is a game? It's a challenge, right? We, we all want to challenge ourselves somehow, and that's why we play it. And there's other reasons that we tack on, like escapism and other things like that. But for me, deep down, it's some kind of thing we have to learn, we have to overcome. And by overcoming, we feel, you know, successful. We get that, you know, little reward. Uh, and MMOs, like, you want, like, a low learning curve, right? You don't want it to be too difficult, but you want a high skill ceiling. And when you have that combination, you're able to introduce people to the game from a tutorial standpoint, but also just from like a story standpoint, too, because you can progress it as things go on and, and tell like little fine details here and there. It's really interesting. It is. It's great game design. I just wanted to comment on that fact. Yeah. Small anecdote to that. Uh, we recently we mentioned earlier that we cleared uh, Binding Coil one through five, turn one through five this past week. That's level 50 raid content. That was Congrats. an expansion and a half ago, almost two expansions ago. And we're all level 60, but we're synced down to level 50 with our gear at the, basically a, a lower version of what, it, like to max out uh, what it, we should have been doing at tier. It still took like us that. a solid couple of hours to get through one of those turns. What, yeah. We just couldn't, but we had wow. the players, we had the skill, we just had to learn how to do everything properly. Yeah, you get those mechanical puzzles going on, right? Where you have to figure out when the boss is going to overcharge or going to drop some bombs on you or the zone's going to collapse. Exactly. I so it. I think that, that plays back to, yeah, you can go through all of the content of this game pretty easily. Like it, the storyline, all of that, you can get through that almost regardless of skill level. You need probably a little bit to clear it right away, but it's, you will eventually be able to get through it all. But they yeah. have those things where you can go and you can do raids, you can do extreme trials, you can do a whole bunch of different content that needs a, that has a much higher skill ceiling. Nice. And, and I was going to say there is one uh, an extreme boss that does not only drop uh, the, the air, make the ring shorter by dropping it. Uh, he also drops bombs and <laughs> and can knock you off the platform. So he does all three. Wow. Yeah. So. Never. That sounds like a lot of fun. A challenge. It, it's super. Least. It is super challenging. It's a lot of fun. It is super challenging as well. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, do you? I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this. Uh, but is it okay if I kind of derail the, the first positive or the second positive that we're gonna we're going? Yeah. Go, go, is that go okay? Ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Um, so I'm getting to this point in my life. You know, I grew up an avid gamer. 
like my teenage angst years hit and instead of me going out and smoking drugs, smoking drugs, who even says that smoking drugs, uh, but instead of going in that back alley and shooting heroin at 14 or 15, <laughs> wait, I, you I went from smoking drugs to heroin, <laughs> like smoking the drugs. And I was you like, know, well, I'm shooting fun. black tar heroin in an alley. Being, being a fellow Floridian, you know how hard things can get around these parts. You know, I smoked marijuana in that brain. <laughs> yeah, Florida's like, man, I smoked marijuana today. Well, I think I'll try heroin tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> hey you not to not to go too off topic but you guys had that outbreak of people eating others faces off in miami didn't you have a little zombie going on there i don't i don't live my i don't live miami that's day that's day county that's i don't know what's going on down there that's <laughs> to be fair though everquest is the gateway mmo yeah for me it was yeah yeah, and, and Flatus knows the story. I started on Kim Possible, and they, they did an episode on on EverQuest, basically, where they jump into the game, and I was like, what? I want to be a knave. I want to be a gnome. Let's fucking go. And so I had, you know, my mom wouldn't even buy the game for me. You know, we were on DSL and everything. We're not, no, we were on AOL, I think, at the time. And I'm like, mom, I want this game. And she's like, how much is it? And I beg her and beg her, and I finally get her to drop, like, the $30. And then I come home, and I'm like, oh, mom, there's a monthly subscription. She was happy about that. So she uh, got her boyfriend at the time to pay the subscription, and that's how it worked out. Thank God for ex-boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was my first MMO experience, and um, yeah, it, it jumped me into the world. It was, it was like, uh, once you go MMO, you never go back. Once you go MMO, you never go... Uh-huh. That's a rhyme. Sorry, I can't think of it. Nope. <laughs> just, <there you> go. <laughs> yep. just go. <laughs> Um, but anyways, <laughs> I was going to introduce a topic before all that happened. I, I want to know. Wait, guys- wait, wait, hold on. Did I get you? Did I get you with that? Ha ha. Did I, did I get you? He is laughing hard. I can't tell. Don't come out of it. Like you face bombed. I know you smiled. <laughs> it's, it's I did great. Both. I-, I was laughing at the ha ha. And then I face bombed. <laughs> Well, not, I love yeah. I, he he doesn't like the soundboard too much, but I love when I get him with it. <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> Although I didn't add the other stuff, I'll add that this week. That, that's an appropriate spoke. time for the soundboard. Yeah, I'll add that other those other Are times. There times it's inappropriately used. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even I can admit that. So you know, you Chewy have this this great. Um, I don't know. It, it's like this this. Um, this oppositeness in a way like Vladis is the crazy one, you know, Shen's more of the reserved. Let's, let's talk this out. And I feel like Vladis just derails everything. It's like, we're nope, we're going off this road. Uh, it makes for good. I think it makes for good internet radio uh, because I may question, he may stick to something, but I may throw a curveball in there and it brings up possibly a new show like we may save something for another show or it's it drives the conversation into a different direction that we didn't think it would take um and we also think that's just great for listen, uh, great listening for uh the listeners because we want to not we, we we're trying to like ask different questions of the game we play um because we care about it like we we love this game and we want to question we don't want the developers to rest on their laurels. We'll get into that. <laughs> There's that is something. Uh, so, Chewy, you've played many MMOs and other games in the past, so you probably have a few opinions about what works well and what doesn't. So, what would you say are the defining features of an MMO that you'd want to play? Now, we talked a little bit about that already, but is there anything you're missing that we haven't talked about so far? I want to start off with uh, just the connection to other people. 
you know, going in what that whole anecdote about my teenage years. Uh, for me, it was being able to connect with people during a hard time in school, right? Middle school, early high school, it can be tough. You're thrown in with all these kids, you know, you don't have your elementary school friends anymore. And kids just get like effing crazy around that age. Like they start to spring knives and doing crazy stuff and dressing weird. And so it, it's, uh, it's hard. And so I kind of used MMOs to escape and not just escape, but to really communicate, have friends, build relationships. And uh, so I want to ask you guys kind of as you've aged, kind of playing MMOs. And I know, Shin, that's not as long for you because you've never really played an MMO other than Final Fantasy. But uh, even... Wait, was that... That wasn't correct. You played EQ2. And EQ? I played a little EQ1, lots of EQ2, and a smattering of other MMOs throughout. Okay. I I have quite a few MMOs under my belt as well now. I had it totally wrong. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Well, then, over your time as an MMO player, uh, kind of... What ha- have you seen your interests change? Like what you look for in MMO? Have you kind of evolved as a player? Do you see any common things that you and others your age now maybe look for in those type of games? I'm gonna throw a million questions at you guys. Um, you and then why are you, like, what's your overall philosophy of life? <laughs> but let's let's start with the whole uh, MMO thing and uh, togetherness or connectedness. How do you guys use that as a main reason to play video games as a whole? Cause I see a lot of people in chat, they were talking about how they're bored when they're alone and being alone just makes them grind or makes them do things that, you know, they want to play the game. It's almost like going to the party and standing on the sidelines in a way for me, you know, you're, you're looking at that girl or that guy on the dance where you're like, man, I just want to go dance, but you're too shy and not just you're so shy, but you just feel like you can't do it because no one's there with you. It's kind of like that. Like when you're alone in that game, that challenge, it becomes a little more difficult maybe. And maybe you just kind of lose interest because of that. Anyways, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to throw this huge open-ended question at both of you. Uh, Shin, you first, if that's cool. And we'll just see where it goes. All right, I I can address this. Although my my MMO time is... Well, it's not too bad. I started playing back in 2003, so I've, I've got almost 15 years now. Uh, but yeah, I guess I would probably say that my beginning was probably similar to yours. I started playing, oh god, that was before I joined, before I started high school. I started in EverQuest 1, coming from Diablo 2, and being like, what other sorts of th- games is my, uh, I think it was Diablo 2 clan or something? Anyways, what other sorts of games are they involved in? Hey, this EverQuest 1 looks kind of cool, let's get into that. Really bad choice. But at, shortly after that, EverQuest 2 was coming out, and I'm like, I haven't played EverQuest a whole lot. The new one's coming out. I should try that one instead. So I started that one day one, and I played that for a solid like 10 years, maybe eight years. I don't remember. I burned out at some yeah, point. That's, that's super impressive, though. Uh, but yeah, and, and definitely I can say that over from the time when I was, what, 13-ish to, the t- to now, um, I, like what I looked for in MMOs has definitely changed. But I think that there is a, definitely a pattern over the things that I've looked for specifically, especially uh, after the first few years. Like, I don't think that a lot has changed after I started playing MMOs for a couple of years. And the things that always tend to draw me over and over again are what's the community like? How friendly are they? How, uh, how do they interact? What sort of things are involved with that? 
Um, on top of all of the like traditional things with MMOs, like, hey, does this actually feel like a good game to play? Does it look pretty? Like, there are just things that you can't play because they they look outdated now. Yeah, and I was uh, reading an article earlier that uh, from Game Industry Biz, I think it is. They were saying that the MMO crowd is actually one of the most sensitive to graphics. That we're just like graphic cores, which makes it even harder for MMO companies because it's already a challenge to make an MMO. But now let's make it a flipping beautiful MMO. Anyways, continue. And, and I find that similarly as well with uh, with old MMOs. Like if you go back and you compare like EverQuest two or WoW to some of the stuff coming out today, their graphics are not that impressive. They were at the time. They still are relatively impressive, especially considering that they are 13-plus-year-old games now. WoW has really kept up with their renovations. They have. Like They're still very, very simplistic graphics. And I know a lot of people say WoW is a very cartoony-style game, but it works very, very well, that art style for them. And it's aged well as well. So there are lots of things like that, that they do age well. They do work out really, really well as people are developing them, as you're playing them. Um, but I find, especially over time, like even EQ2, which I played for a long time, its graphics are gr- pretty good, but they're not awesome. They they don't they aged fairly well considering how old it is. But like EverQuest One is a really good example. Those graphics did not age well. But a lot of people still like playing those games, and they go back to those games because of that nostalgia factor. And I think that's a really strong driving point, uh, especially with a lot of more MMO veterans that they had a whole lot of things that went really, really well in their first MMOs. And they always are drawn back to those things. And they try to find them in a lot of these new games. And whether it's rose-colored glasses or something else, or just the nostalgia factor, you're not going to be able to find those things in the games anymore. And that's why you see a lot of people jumping from game to game to game to game. And why you Um, see a resurgence of older concepts coming back into being, right? Exactly. Like you have Pantheon, which is a newly announced MMO, and their whole selling point is we're bringing back all of the features from EverQuest 1. It's that a time machine. Want. Wait till you see how sucky it really was. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like they got rid of these things for a reason, and people generally forget about that. Like XP debt, losing levels. These things were not fun for a lot of people. But people have that nostalgia factor for it. And they're like, yeah, I really, really want that until they get it back again. And, and to that, uh, level, I was also one of those people jumping from MMO to MMO, trying to find that ideal middle ground where there's an awesome community. And a lot of uh, alpha beta communities had those core people. So there was a lot of discussion about like how it was always, it was, that's how the game was going to be. And they were going to make that community and have that. And then by the time it launched, it never really panned out. Um, well, the, I mean, the game itself for the community didn't pan out. I would say the community didn't pan out so much. The game itself might have had good things or bad things happen from it, but I don't think the game really affected that community and vice versa. Um, it was more there's a very small number of, pe- number of people that are invested before a game launches, and when the game launches, everyone else comes in, and that small community just it can't survive exactly. that influx of players. Yeah. Yeah, and um, the MMOs have like one of the biggest influxes too, and drop-offs, right? Like tons of players rush through the gate. Everyone and their mother, Felicia Day's playing Guild Wars two, and like a week later, no one's touching the damn game. You know, they works like that a lot, especially with MMOs. And you're right, yeah, you you have that strong, passionate, dedicated community. Everyone's you know in it to win it. There's no slackers. And then you get the slackers like Flatus who join in and they're like, oh man, just let's complain about everything and make everything so toxic. And oh, I'm going to smack you with my bear help. 
Well, I don't, I don't know. You're not like that. Fish. Not at all. Uh, I just saw one to poke fun. But yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People might say otherwise if you watch our FC show. <laughs> Salty as hell now. But yeah, um, I don't know. For me, I don't know. I like for me, I, I think it's always been uh, actually I'll use the FC thing. Like I, I love running free companies or guilds. Um, and that's a big part. That's a part of the fun for me is getting a group of people together to do that content. Like so get having a group of people to run stuff i think makes what i mean it's right in the title it's massively multiplayer online and i think that's an important part of that game like you want to feel like you're in a world and it's living and there's people and you see other players like if i wanted to play an mmo or a single player final fantasy i'd go play single player final fantasy 15 came out i can easily just go play that and and still get the same feeling like the same character like they may not be the same exact character but there's a sid there are these other characters like like there's the same mo- monster types or there's the same you know uh gilgamesh like so like these iconic characters these iconic monsters uh iconic summons You're gonna go on epic tales no matter what right <laughs> exactly but I think the important thing is to play with other people because I know, and I, and I even mentioned on, on that, that FC show that I understand like anxiety for a lot of people, like a lot of people may like this game because it, it lets you play with other people, but you necessarily don't have to join with other people. Um, so, like part of the game. <laughs> so it gives you that, like it eases you in until, and I think my biggest thing is like, find the people you want to play with, find your, find your people. Um, it, 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 I mean, I think that's really important for any MMO. It doesn't matter if it's final fantasy 14 world of Warcraft, EverQuest two, any MMO that you're going to play now or in the future, just find your people because I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think that's a big part of the, the gaming, uh, aspect of any MMO is the people themselves. So yeah, no, you're right. I feel like this is a reverse AA meeting, you know, where you, you just say, cut <laughs> off your druggy friends. You're saying, get more druggy friends. If the yeah. drug effects wearing off, just get more peer pressure. Keep you in. <laughs> well, I don't try to warn you before the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's a like a like an addiction thing, but it's no, like it can be. But I don't think. It's yeah, it's, it's more like like when I saw like the groups uh, or like the FCs, like the guilds meeting out at FanFest, it was amazing to me. Like like one of them were the Balmung Bullies, which is this FC, like this large FC, and they all had matching jackets called Bal, like these cool like 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 high school That's like dope. and they all said Balmung Bullies on the back. I'm like that is so cool, That's and I was like. I told Shin we need jackets. He told me now. Apart from being from the Balmung server, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, There's I a mean. animosity there. <laughs> it's the, uh, the, the unofficial official RP server. Priestly is coming in the chat. Yeah, it says it's very much an addiction thing, right? Um, they have proven that trigger in your brain is the same as the trigger drug addicts get. Well, I mean, it is, it's it's a reward, right? So it's that kind of feeling of achieving something. Uh, and I think MMOs are just notoriously amazing for that. Like, you can be a leader. Where can you be a leader where you lead hundreds of people against, like, mega monster raid bosses that come to threaten the village? Nowhere. 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 That's the only place. I don't know. It allows you to really live out a lot of roles that you probably can't in real life. It's probably a lot safer than drugs, to be honest. Yeah, probably. 
Yeah. Unless you're one of those people that like drinks monster and does like 24 hour gaming sessions, like those extra life guys. But yeah. it's all for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're I'm already planning. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of planning ahead to make we're, sure we're that we take. Yeah, we're trying not to die. <laughs> to yeah, I'll do some uh, juicing segments if you want. We can cut to me and my juicer, and we'll be <laughs> Just... throughout the game. We'll, we'll game. Would you be interested in coming on Maelstrom Radio? <laughs> it's our, it's food our food podcast. podcast. <laughs> How many podcasts do you have? <laughs> it's, it's, that one may or may not actually exist. <laughs> Well, this one sounds amazing. I would love uh-huh. to join Mealstrom podcast. Yes, that sounds great. All right. Well, let's let's get back into. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> oh, as I say, to sum up, you asked originally, like, what are the things that kind of draw me to damn MMOs? I would say, yeah, and what's changed is, really as you're getting older? Well, the main things that draw and they continue to are, I like having the challenge. Uh, of doing things like raiding and being able to come and bring a group together and finish something that's difficult. Uh, and I also like ha- finding that community, finding a place where I can belong and be with a whole bunch of people that are just fun to hang out with and, and chat with. Over time, though, I've also found that I have significantly less time that I want to invest on an MMO, whether it's because I have real life obligations that I need to go to, like work. Or because I just generally find that I have less and less time that I want to spend gaming and more time doing other things. So I'd say those are probably the, the three main things that have changed and driven me over the years. Why? Why do you think that's changed? All right, I'll go ahead. I'm gonna let him go <laughs> after that because right. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't look at me. I got it. I got oodles. <laughs> No, well, I mean, as an adult, I mean, I mean, I do this show, so I the part of my time, my gaming time is doing this, but it's weird because I do a show about the game I like, so it's kind of like that weird, like, I'm doing a hobby that I'm really passionate about, but I'm doing it about something I really care about doing. <laughs> so it's so, so like this weird, like, it's a roundabout thing uh, with that, but otherwise, I don't know, like, I, I have a life, I'm an adult, I do adult things, uh, but I also, like gaming's my hobby in general um so if i wasn't playing final fantasy i'd probably be playing something else uh i i do like like i said i i I far more enjoy the the group aspect the playing with other people so but i like the ability of having to be able to go into like like how raids are handled in final fantasy make it a lot easier to manage your time a little bit like all right so all right, we can we can run a boss and then we can but we're cool because once we beat that boss, we can go to the next one or we could save it for the other time. So it's not like something that you're in there and you have to back out because it's not going to save your progress or anything like that. Something that is like, all right, we the did sense lives for a little while. It yeah, has uh, like a lockout timer or something. Kind of like you can go back and queue specifically for certain bosses after you uh, done it like a. a That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So it makes it a little easier um, on the I don't have time to do things because it's like, well, I could just queue for such and such this part, um, like something like Palace of the I Dead, which is a, lots of trash mobs, right? It's called a trash mob. Yeah. For <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, our, our raids don't have a lot of trash mobs. Like, really? That's yeah, impressive. not a lot. Yeah. And they still last that long. We had a lot of trash mobs and there was like five or six encounters. That was a lot of trash mobs. I don't think I've ever seen more than that, really. Yeah, uh, the raids took so long because the boss we mechanics. just kept hitting mechanics and trying and adjusting. And yeah, yeah, they give you a little bit just sort of like, all right, well, there's some trash in here, but the trash is pretty melty. Like they want you to get cool. that satisfaction of getting to the boss and beating the boss. So 
like that that's, that's awesome. so I, that's i'm not sure focus. did you raid in um not kingdom of the sky with the temple of visham did you ever do that raid in everquest 2 uh, i i did it way after because i went back okay, and you did that familiar. for epic right the original epic yeah. before the innovation yeah I, I went back and did it but it wasn't at level it was like three expansions later you're familiar. It's a massive scrawling, uh, sprawling dungeon. It has three separate wings. Each of those wings has six bosses. That would be something like the entirety of an expansion raid content, kind of. So, like, you would, instead of having like a massive whole dungeon that you go through, you have uh, a set of four or five raids. Each raid goes, and it might have a couple trash, but it goes straight to the boss. You do the boss and the mechanics, and then you go to the next one. It goes straight to the boss, do mechanics. Like, it's you do four or five bosses, one per raid. Um, not so much like a massive uh, exploration style raid like you'd be used to in EverQuest 2 or WoW or things like that. Not that that doesn't exist. It just exists in a different form called Alliance Raids. Yeah, it's not the main form of progression raiding, I should say. Yeah. Um, the harder content is eight man. The uh, Alliance Raid is 24 man. Um, Wait, the harder content is less man? Yeah. It's it's tighter, much tighter mechanic wise. Well, you probably uh, need the smaller groups so everyone can actually maintain the skill yeah, level needed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the twenty four man is basically running, and it's a giant cluster. Like it's just people are all over the place, and it's actually kind of interesting. With the, for the the last patch, uh, we ran the twenty four man alliance raid within the first couple days, which was interesting because we'd never done that before. And it's really interesting to see because you're still learning the encounters. People are still trying to figure out what's going on. And we did manage to clear it because we had a really good group that went in. But those first few days are it's people trying to progress like you would normally in raids. It's figuring out the mechanics, figuring out what's the best way to do it, how to get this through it, and how to do all those sorts of things. And then a couple weeks later it's just like walk in, face roll, walk in, face roll, yeah. get your loot, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, once you solve the puzzle, you solve it. You can't unsolve it, you know. Exactly, but it's at the point where, like in WoW and EQ2, you can go and you can just do a pickup group. You can pick up 23 other random people and you can run through that in 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah that, that's an interesting trend that's changed, right? Like raids, it was always the bigger the better. Like 200 people on AOL somehow attacking some dungeon boss in EQ and their clients freezing 24-7. That was amazing, right? We look back at that and we're like, that's amazing. I wonder if just as gamers, we're tired of the, uh, the crap. It's not crap, the technical limitations. And so we, we, we're focusing more maybe on higher levels of gameplay and maybe that has trended towards smaller raids because, you know, it's less reliance on some random bad thing happening and wiping everybody. A smaller group, more of a challenge, more of a polished experience, maybe. So I wonder if uh, MMOs keep trending that way. Um, I don't have the link, but I'll try to find it and I'll send it to you after the show. But a WoW dev actually broke apart a one of the extreme fights in Final Fantasy 14 and explained how well-tuned Final Fantasy 14 bosses are. Like it could like he and he he wrote it down like it, I'll 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 find his blog and I'll send you that specific link. It's phenomenal. He he goes through and explains. It, it was the Thoradin fight, which is this. Uh, it's called uh, it's called Thoradin Extreme, and you fight Thoradin as twelve knights. <laughs> so on, yeah, spoilers. Come on. I I'm just listen. I'm sorry, but I gotta. I mean, but he goes in and explains like there's a lot of visual cues that the players learn and. You don't go based off like, all right, so you see, and they, 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 they drop and feed these, um, 
visual cues to you so that you can start learning them as you progress through the game. So when you get to higher tier rating, you know what to look for. So you react more to the fight. So it's more I'm paying attention to the fight than listening to someone call out stuff unless it's absolutely needed. Um, so it's a lot of like I'm watching the fight visually and then playing my playing the character. So you're, you're it's a very high intent. Like when we get into a groove, there's less talking and more of me concentrating than anything else. And it's super interesting how that happens. Like like Final Fantasy is pretty much nailed, like how to deliver like super tight mechanic rates um, at and at a, and at a starting point where it's hard, but then and then when they knock up that that extreme difficulty or that savage difficulty, you can tell like, all right, this is a challenge. And I but I know the visual cues, and I just gotta mind my p's and q's, and you can get it can happen. You can beat the stuff. So, um, now there's a couple of questions. I think we can roll through some of these pretty quick, and then we some have others. We, Thirty minutes is it? Yeah, we can stretch it a little bit later. Yeah, we can stretch, yeah. I, I do want to say that for anyone who's watching this later, um, there is a chat that Akmon posted in our chat here. I don't know if we'll get there. We'll, we'll try to include it on our show notes and such as well. But it is the raid boss dissection for Thornton Extreme. Thanks, Akmon. You rule. Yeah, I really like this. Who is this written by? An actual dev? Yeah, it's actually a uh, dev for Warcraft. For wow, minimize the time between the player <laughs> made the mistake and then when we kill them and when they see that failure. The, yeah, this is really, this yeah, is really it's I like this. super bro. Yeah, super broken down. A great read. Super, like it's fantastic. Especially if you're into game design, super like super good read. Um, so how, uh, how do you? So one of the things uh, we question is how do you handle the difference between being a hero and being or average? Uh, so. In Final Fantasy, I don't think we're giving too much of an option of being the average unless you you want to level as a crafter. <laughs> I felt that everything was I was the hero of the story and that was there's no other way to really progress. I'm starting to think and I, I don't know yet until we get to the expansion, but I'm starting to think that maybe without giving anything away, they may they may have some ancillary NPCs that are starting to say you, maybe you're relying too much on your hero. <laughs> And it's great that I mean, I, like that coming back to that great storytelling, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, they kind of are. <laughs> so I, I like yet again, without giving too much away from you, I, you could tell that the even the game designers and the writers for this game are starting to say, like. Are you the hero? Are you are you being relied on too much? Like they've they've questioned even within the game and different uh, patches. Uh uh, and off morning chat, Nate Chapman is the senior encounter designer for World of Warcraft to clarify. Uh, Ockmorn, <laughs> you want to come work for us? <laughs> Great time for you to moderate, just moderate our chat and send out. I don't have money, but we'll pay you in like they mean volunteer, they don't <laughs> like pay you in like. I'll just send you monster energy drinks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, we, we already determined that's bad. Monster bad. It's not good. Um, So that, uh, yeah, you you constantly feel like the hero, but I think they also, they have times where you feel helpless, if that makes sense. Like, there's times where you're like, I can't, there's nothing I can do as for my, like, like the story writing gets to a point where it's like, I can't do anything to help the situation. Like they do make, there's times where you feel weak um, through storytelling and they, they want to remind you every once in a while that like there are ways that you can't do anything. Like there's just sometimes that you're you're even though you're the this hero, the this warrior of light, 
you're not necessarily the most strongest person in the game. Like you're oh, not no. unstoppable. So yeah, it really I, diminishes. If you always do well, doing well, there's nothing for you. You know, yeah, you yeah. Gotta fail sometimes. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So how do you keep non-hero players engaged? Uh, the I would almost say this. I'm gonna save that maybe for the. I'm gonna move that down one because I think that leads into player economy. So I'm gonna answer the next question. Do you feel like there's something that a company like Square Enix can provide, or is there something that players have to drive? Um. Let's see. To to keep players engaged, I think Square is really focusing on making sure that the story is one something one like we focus like and I mentioned this a lot is the story a lot of this does drive story, but they are having gone through watching like our fan fest in Vegas and watching the other fan fest live. They do, and they're starting to hit a point where they're. They know that they need to change up some of the things and like look at how they design dungeons. And they looked at like something like I mentioned before the show, uh, this fight called Ozma and looking in those fights and saying, all right, well, this fight was a lot of RNG. Like there was no set like, all right, at this amount, this phase happens. And at this amount, this phase happens. So you change up your strategy like Ozma changed shapes and it was RNG every time you could have a section where it was like consistently the same shape and he would do like just blast the tank consistently <laughs> so you had to like just plan out for that and it um so yeah okay i'd say um i it's not something that i feel square enix can provide but must provide like this isn't an mm this isn't a sandbox right other players can help guide experiences of others. We can chat, we can play games with, but we can't create the world itself. We're not uh, changing the design. We're not making a long-term story that a lot can enjoy. So I'd say it's a, it's a compartment of, you know, engagement. Absolutely. And it's something that obviously we have as an inner drive as MMO players, us ourselves. But uh, I'd say it's still, it's still that traditional MMO to a point where it's up to Square Enix whether it lives or dies as far as engagement. It's, it's truly like the burden's on their shoulders. Engagement, yes. But when you're talking about being just a, an average person, not playing the hero all the time, um, and this is separate from like maybe we aren't the hero, which we've talked about on previous shows. Uh, if you're going and saying like the player is not the hero of this storyline, what really do they have to drive them though? Like why should they continue playing? Why would they play? And consequently on that as well, uh, how can something like, how can this company like Square Enix go in and be like, no, you know what? You're not special. But even like, how can you go and be like, certain times you're really special and other times you're not special. Like it, well, either someone so who's maybe really, really awesome is, or not. The problem might be we're assigning this false dichotomy of you are something or you're not. Maybe it just needs to be more levels, like what Flatus was saying, where they kind of knocked you down on that narrative level of you being the hero. Maybe it has to do with maybe building more of a personal heroship around your character itself, like developing ways so you don't have to always be the world's hero, but you could be the hero to your family or your child or something like that. There has, there can be that extra depth of gameplay. Maybe maybe it's not possible in MMOs. I haven't seen it done much like personal character development other than you are great. Here, have this sword. Go kill this guy. Oh no, you failed to kill this guy. 10 rats for you. Um, 
I think it could get more in depth. Like we, we see single players have this more and more and more what Dragon Age was infamous for its sex and, and relationships that you could have. I'm not saying I want an ERP MMO any day soon, but um, perhaps it's just giving different levels of heroism, like making people feel like they could be a local hero and, and contribute that way versus just contributing to some world disaster story arc no not everyone wants to save the fucking world okay i wouldn't want to save the fucking world i'd be like flattest shin you guys go save the fucking world you be iron man and captain america i'm gonna chill and watch some tv all right i'm just gonna watch it burn i'm like that uh the dog meme with the popcorn right and the the room's on fire i i would say maybe uh play the game Because there are yeah. I, I want to. Okay. All right. It sounds not so much like you're talking about being average, but being able to be more than just the person who saves the entire world. Like maybe you're only saving a part of the world or a small area or something. And I think that's very, that's very viable. But I think you need to have both in an MMO because if you're a local hero, if you're even if you're just a local hero eventually you have to go other places. And if you're not known there, you're eventually going to be like, you have to have some reason why you're going to go to each of these places. And you need some reason to start encountering people who go out and like with uh, final fantasy, you eventually go and you meet the the leaders of each of the three cities, four cities eventually. And you do get to build up a repertoire with them and you interact with them and you do go and save the world in different places. But you also go to the small little communities and like you save the girl's cat or you go and do that. Like, and just, yeah, do they recognize you like um, like a fable kind of town? You walk in and they recognize your achievements pretty well. Not so much like that, I would say. Like, there's not, and this is we have this point later on, but there isn't a lot of um, permanency in that. Like, hey, you've completed this. Uh, EQ2 did something a little bit similar when you go through and. Uh, get your guild up to a certain rank and the guards start saluting you and they, they start interacting with you. There is a little bit of that in this game um, where when you reach a certain level in your grand company, they'll start referring to you by your rank and such like that, but nothing to the point where you just kind of run in and you go do this thing. And suddenly the whole town now knows you as this little local hero. Okay. All right. However, on the other side too, if you complete certain quests later on, the dialogue does change based on what those quests you have done. I like that. Yeah. That's something that MMOs have become stagnant on because storytelling is a little more, you know, difficult to produce. You have to model, you have to animate, you have to sound like a mud. You could you could have those multiple story arcs just take th- make things wild. It's it's harder, I guess, than in more of a visual medium. But that's good. I like that. That that adds to that RPG element. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to touch on this. Uh, so how would you keep uh, non uh, non hero players engaged? Well, I'm going to roll this into our economy thing. Uh, I, I would say that the uh, and move one thing around uh, crafting in this game is a big deal because <laughs> um, you level crafters like you would level a like a class. Um, it goes one through 60 currently because it's the top level uh, and it is something that you so you can sit on one tune and you can level all the crafting and gathering classes, but it is a thing where you get skills at certain levels and you, there's different rotations that you do uh, for for creating stuff. It's not like that. Well, I got this thing. I'm just going to click this button and I look, I made 50 gold bars. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a big part of the game. And it's also like we've been talking about player economies. It's one of the major ways of making money in this game. Um, 
That's, people, that was going to be my question. Like it, it's incredible, but how, uh, how relevant is it? I'm pretty relevant. <laughs> so the interesting thing I find with it is that you don't have to craft. You do not need to have crafter friends. You do not need to ha- interact with crafters whatsoever in this game, but people still do. Why do you think that is? It, it provides a viable alternative to a lot of other things. The gear you buy off of vendors is trash. The gear you can buy from players is kind of awesome. Or they'll be, like, is for it, example, is it in line with like raid content, like sing, like yes. progression quests? Is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, it can. It, it can be. It can be on par. Yeah, it's interchangeable. Um, so it's now, it's something. You Go do ahead. need stuff from raids in order to craft some of that gear as well. Okay. So they do have it here. It's not like you can just pick up a crafter off the like fresh crafter and start crafting raid gear. No, you have to have someone who's gone out do do does those raids and brings back the materials so you can make those for them. For yeah, for me, like crafting, and I don't know. You can tell me if it's the same in Final Fantasy. But for me, it was like if I spent the time, got the resources, paid that crafter, I could kind of jump a tier or two quickly. Like if I got into say the level nineties and ninety to hundred tier, I could by getting a crafter early on because I hit that ninety, I could get like gear that mostly would be like 95, 96 in quest change or progression. And then when I got, that helped me get to the 96 faster. And then the 96, it was more that raid content and stuff. Do you think it kind of falls into that mold? Is it different? They so you could, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say they have added gear that is on par with the raid gear because they wanted uh, not only a way for people to, that may not want to raid to get gear, but also offer the ability. So crafters had a way for people that like, I need to get my gear. I, my, I, my, my gear, I level up or my, my strength up so I can go run other content. So I may not necessarily nice. be a raider, but I, if, if I want to go do it like an Alliance raid, my, I know I still need to be a stronger character. And, um, and you get that through those crafters. Each you two did that too, with like poisons and stuff in the raids later on, you needed such high poison or strength levels or something like that, that you basically needed crafters for certain trinkets or this or that. Uh, they made it, it really kind of integral. That's, that's cool to hear. Yeah. So it, I definitely wouldn't say that it's integral. Like you, you don't have to, have any of that crafted stuff. I have not generally interacted with a lot of crafters or I haven't gotten a lot of crafted stuff except for one quest specifically new crafted stuff and I just buy it off the market board. But it's another avenue for progression. I can go and I can run dungeons, which is my preference. So I run dungeons to gear up. But you could also craft to gear up. You could go and do trials to gear up. You can do raids to gear up. Like There's so many different paths you can choose to progress and you don't have to necessarily do only one of them. I like that. I think MMOs have tried to do that for a long time, make equal paths to progression, and that's always a challenge, right? Because it always falls back on the combat uh, as a, to a point. But uh, to hear that they were able to make it to where you could progress at least as much as you can, like it's, it's hard to make both paths equal. It's really, really hard. You'd need like a team of probably like 500 people or something for all those storylines and dialogues and everything like that. But um, that, that's really cool to hear. Do uh, I think this is a, a point farther on in this section. Do you need other crafters a lot? Like EQ2, 
Uh, you know, you would need to get, well, when they first started, it was flipping insane. Whoever thought that would be fun. That was terrible. Jackass for real. Uh, but they, they made it to where you kind of, it was integrated with the different classes of crafters and you need items. They, they have a better implementation in EQ2 now, by the way, if you haven't gotten to the higher levels where it's just kind of one or two items that need like parts from the different crafters. And those are like epic ass specialist system. Awkward in chat, right? All caps, specialist system. So, yes. So, I have to put a big caveat on here. Neither Flattus nor I are big crafters, so we're not the best at answering any of these questions. We both have 160 crafter and pretty much nothing else. Although, I'll, listen. They do have a very. Uh, I'll change They that. focus a lot with their crafters as well as with other people or other types of players. And the high-level crafting, I've heard, is very, very yeah. difficult, engaging, yes. many different things. I yeah. can't craft anything at 60 because I suck at it. Yeah, like, oh. like we have an FC mate in uh, chat, Dogtron. And he even said, my four-star my four star game is strong, meaning that he can craft four-star items, which is really hard, but really good that he, it's awesome that he can do it. You can if you could four star you a badass. <laughs> there you go. So uh, yeah, but they do put that challenge in because some people really just like main maining crafting in the game. Yeah. So it's it's very much a it's it's this weird. I don't know. It's I don't want to say it's a weird system. It's an interesting system because it's not it's not integral, but it is somehow like it, it just makes the environment or the economy or the the hub of the world flow it's just, it's so yeah. interesting it's just like they made it work in such a way where it's this great balance between the two things um, I, I think economies are vital to making an mmo feel like a world it, it, they're absolutely vital because economics is all about you know figuring out scarcity and how we're going to survive within that scarcity right so having that in a in a a strong storied RPG where you're starting to rely on people for certain things, or at least they can help make your lives better. That's just fascinating. I know, it's really cool. And then you get into leadership and all that kind of stuff. Wow. It's awesome. Do a million episodes on this stuff. I do want to point out one thing that has uh, not been so well with the crafting. And I've heard this from specifically Tamlin uh, is that in order to progress through final fantasy, you do need to do the main story quest which is an adventuring quest. There is no way to purely craft in this game and have any real success with it. You have to go through and level up and do the story to unlock certain things to allow you to start crafting. Or not to allow you to start crafting, but to get to the point where you can actually craft the interesting stuff. And the main one that was kind of a big draw for him when we were talking with him was once we get up to, I think it was a level 50 crafting, you can start building airships for your guild. Yeah, he always loves ships in Vanguard. He's just addicted to those big things. Yeah, he loves Exactly. It. And it was great. We're like, yeah, you should come play and do this. And he did. And then it got to the point where he had to actually do adventuring stuff for it. And we lost all. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I'd say it's a fault of Final Fantasy, but it's not because that's the industry standard, right? Like typically... Yeah, I wouldn't most say cases, so. Really? Most games. EverQuest 2, I don't think you have to have any adventuring in order to level a crafter. I think you do to a certain point. You have to hit max level before you can like do the final 
two or three tiers now with the later expansion stuff. So for a long time, you could. Mostly, you just had to get people to get resources for you because they drive you into those zones. So it's either level up or someone's going to harvest for you. And no one's your, like that much your bitch in any game to just harvest 24-7 for your ass. Okay, They might contribute here and there. They're not your bitch. I've been told that's what children are for. That you know, uh, that's a great idea. I might start popping some out soon. <laughs> well, we all just ended up on a list. So we're on. A, we're all. It's we're all on a list right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't think it's the episode that we went on the list. All right. I guess like, maybe I'm just adding myself. I guess I'm just we were up the case out of our guest. Shin lives in Canada, not Canada, but Canada. They'll never find me. <laughs> oh man. Moving in with Shin. All right. Uh, so living environment. So what what constitutes a living environment? Uh, like, so are you talking about like perceived, a, right? Perceived okay. living environment. Well, Shin, so that, that changes that that's the question. Point, maybe. Uh, I, I would say this. If you're talking about like, are you talking about like an open world game where it's, there's no borders of any sort or? I think, I think uh, I'm talking more what makes it and. MMO for you. What makes it feel massive? What makes it feel like it's living? It might be something different for all of us. Um, I would say like I I find it interesting that there are towns that grow without giving too much away. There, there's a place called Idleshire, or or I can use well, yeah, Idleshire. I can use both of them are the same. Yeah, Mordono is like just nothing but tents, and as the game progressed. It built up a city, um, so it was something that you you as your character like would go to more donuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's just awesome. I just want donuts. Um, so as you were sitting there in town, every like couple of patches, like it would just change and grow, and it was like there's such an interesting thing that all these people were like, and they they made it a point that like, oh, we're gonna build a city here. This is gonna be a new point for for players for people quest next was going to be like that yeah so it was this very interesting thing that it started growing and they did it again and we're probably going to see that again hopefully in the expansion i hope they do play with it a little more and i hope that it expands a little more outside of just like that one like area hub um because it does feel better, but they do the, the, I would say in heaven's word, the, the zones are much more massive in, in, in scale and scope. Um, especially when you see something like, uh, the sea of clouds when you're you, in the first time you go there, it's like you, you realize that you're like a sea of clouds. Yeah. It's literally it's a sea of clouds. Named. Yeah. Cool. It's, um, it's amazing. And, and you like, then you next thing you know, there's a sky whale there and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> so fish. It is the windfish. That's that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it is very much an awe moment when you start seeing certain things, like especially because they they have this weird design where like things in a distance, especially when you're on the ground and you don't have flying yet, um, are like all right, all right, that looks like a place, and you start walking it or you start running there, and you're like, there is there's a land a much a part of distance here, even it's on like the map. Exploration that you never yeah. get as big as it does. And it yeah, uh, yeah, and then also you get up to it, you're like, well, this is a lot bigger than I expected, and so it's it's very interesting because a lot, even the like a lot of the dungeons are almost like set pieces where these like. 
especially in i would and yet again in the expansion heavens where they played more with this where like these the, these dungeons were, were very big and large and um one where you had a dragon flying overhead and flying around like you were like holy crap that. yeah that was like it's insane so it was like these giant like movie like set pieces within a That's dungeon awesome. yeah so it did it made me feel like this world was living um and knowing that the zones are going to be just as big and they're adding swimming and adding these all these giant underwater zones i'm way more excited <laughs> to see how much more the world grows uh now that we have uh it, it was something like you never like oh well swimming but there's no combat they're not they're like well swimming combat it's nobody wants right? like they're like nobody I, wants that want to do it rift even like had some little content even in the beginnings where there were some puzzles and things under the sea that you could find and stuff but Fighting underwater no is never nice. Like it's it's adding that extra axis of movement, which just becomes difficult. Like not only you're positioning your camera, you know, around you know your dome, but now it's a fucking sphere. Where am I supposed to look? How am I supposed to move? Ah, oh, damn it! I pressed the wrong ability. It always but, feels like that. Yeah, but I think they're they're going to start looking at doing exploration under the water, which is That'd something. Cool. Yeah, and it's it, so there's going to be like. Uh, how you float on top of the water so you're swimming but and then when you dive you get like this little splash screen of bubbles and all of a sudden you're underwater and it's this massive like sea kelp and coral and there's sharks and all sorts of things and half fish mermaid people yeah why not so you might encounter the aqua gleam hunter force mm-hmm. which is our we created a magical girl anime on this show <laughs> so maelstrom radio has been busy <laughs> 32 episodes in we've created an anime um and five separate podcasts running now right <laughs> yeah right now it's too many the uh, <clears throat> yeah yeah uh awkward morning chat but clap not clap combat clap thank clap god clap. <laughs> <laughs> i used to push the talk so i wasn't gonna clap i could maybe one hand clap let's say wait but no that happened <laughs> Um, flashbacks to Vashir intensify. Oh, that's just terrible. Anyway, let's keep moving on. Uh, how does a living environment benefit an MMO? Uh, it, it does. It, it, I mean, you want your world to feel alive, right? Like that's, I think the main reason, like you don't want to feel let's good example. Guild Wars one, where it was just like these zones of loading areas where it was just like, Oh, I'm going to load into it. Never. It felt like these it was, small it was chunks, more, it was a multiplayer dungeon game. It was like Diablo. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little bit more interaction, like waiting chat rooms. There was another game like that. Uh, that had a lot of physical combat. It was an Asian game. Do you guys remember that? It was yeah. all about like you destroy the environment with the combat or whatever yeah (laughs) anyways doesn't matter (laughs) so uh i I think i think square especially going into the next expansion like they've stated on stage that they really do want like the dungeons and the raids to feel more final fantasy-esque and that to me is a big thing because a lot of those dungeons are exploration and large set pieces and maybe there's traps and like if they want to start adding that stuff in i'm okay with that because that is great because that means that dungeons are gonna get like this cool uptick in like interesting factor and bring some of that yeah. final fantasy feeling into them um something that well, we didn't really talk so long to do that i don't mean to cut you off no no um, going on, but this topic's interesting uh it's Maybe like I think I a mean, lot of video kind of had it right. It was the only MMO that yeah. ever had like dungeon traps, right? Yeah, real dungeon traps. I um, think a lot of it. No it, other MMOs copied it. A lot of it is the um, 
getting from point like do you want your players to go from point a to point b as quickly as possible and like will they get annoyed and not run the content because there is these like little things and challenges in the way but if you do it in such a way where it's like a section of it where you have to get pat like it's not like a make it feel challenging but passable like something that's like once we know it or we we can get through it or like reward the exploration i think that's really yeah, like just design it so once you've disarmed the traps your first go round and finish yeah. it, you never have to disarm those traps again because traps don't yeah. arm. i mean yeah so that'll be cool um <laughs> well i i see shin <laughs> we may we may push <laughs> we'll push through oh i, <laughs> I we'll push through uh-huh. we'll push through no worries um all right so we'll go through i i mean it is super interesting discussion um but we do have some negatives and we'll we'll maybe i think some of these we can actually hit like real quick um so uh, we hit a good number of points uh that you will plan an mmo but conversely what would you turn you off from one (laughs) my mom as an npc and what i mean by that is i should never or my wife sometimes as an npc too uh, God bless her soul. She has to be my brain. So she has to make these task lists for me to get through the day often. But um, it's like that, like the quest hub where some guy's like, hey, I want you to go wash my dog. And after you're done washing my dog, why don't you tackle my car? And after that, I got some toilets to need cleaning. Then maybe I'll let you go run something cool after you've done all this this trash. Um, what more of a put off do I need? I don't need that kind of work, okay? I, I want something to do, but... Don't give me like 15 things in my journal within two minutes. That's insane. I'm just going to say you probably don't want to go and throw a party at Costa del Sol. <laughs> they all right. So it, it's something that the, they did in like right around where he stopped playing at that level 30. There is a area called Costa del Sol where you throw a party. It is probably one of the worst quest chains in the game. We've all gone through it, it but we all even the developers agreed that was one of the worst things they could have put in the game. So it's something they were like, we recognize that was a problem, but we're never going to do that again. <laughs> and I can say. They pretty much pro- they they made that promise, and I want to say they pr- stuck with it because going into like Heaven's Ward, the questing was pretty fantastic, um, and I don't think Shin would disagree too much on that because I don't think there was a lot of like BS quests because a lot of it was like this. Not in the main storyline, but seriously, Moogles can go die. <laughs> yes the move the all right there was like these bone like i don't know side quests side quests which were optional i started doing them and they were just a pain in the ass just because like you had to go find moogles and they were hidden so well that you're like flying up looking in cran- nooks and crannies oh, you're like goodness. where the fuck is this goddamn move where is it so i i were you always, on a time limit too to find them or no no they were just really annoying annoying. no it's like there's a quo augurin quests in eq2 where you'd like find all the stupid trade skill roots fucking everywhere harvest for hours there is no character in final fantasy that i hate as much as i hate him that's impressive that's not really i just give the eq2 most hated npc ever maybe maybe (laughs) um Awkward in chat. I was waiting for that, so I wasn't sure if she was talking about the Moogles or Costa del Sol. All right, yeah, the Moogles. You uh, can't say anything about Heaven's Order Quest without mentioning uh, those damn Moogles. Yeah, um, but the other quest, like the main storyline quest, though, it made you feel like you were on like this kind of like epic adventure with your friends, and and I don't want to give too much of the story away, but it felt great. Like it was like this is awesome. <laughs> so, um, 
I don't know. Like, I, I think that there are they have like these hubs, but I don't necessarily think they have hub hubs where you're getting like 15 junk quests where it's like kill X of this and come back with like bear. My biggest thing, right? Go kill bears and come back with their buttholes. Like we've talked about this many times on other bear podcasts, butts, but bear butts, bear butts. yeah, bear butts. Yeah. Like go kill like X, like go kill 10 bears and get or bring me back 10 bear assholes and uh, come back. And but you have to kill like 50 bears because not every bear has a butthole, apparently. And then you go out there with your little little yeah, melon baller and you and you go out there quality ones no and then no no i'm gonna rant about this real quick <laughs> too much <blood laughs> and, then, and then you go out there and you kill the goddamn bears and you're out there with your little melon baller and you're plucking buttholes and <laughs> you come back you're like i'm done doing this and they're like all right now also we need their spleens and you're like i want to murder you <laughs> also can you hand this yes. letter to that guy that's 20 feet away from me Fuck yes. off. frustrating quest design so yes and, you know, I'll be, I'll be completely fair. You know, this is just a general MMO turnoff. Wow, it's the reason I can never play WoW because, like, right off the gate, they're like, "Here's twenty fucking quests." I'm like, "No, thank you, goodbye." And, and that's just where WoW ended for me. It didn't get very fun. But uh, Final Fantasy, it it didn't feel as bad, and maybe it was those personal story quests that kept it interesting, even though frustrating, albeit at times due to having to do it single player. Um, it did it did keep it interesting and i don't know like there were a couple times where i'd get maybe three or four quests at a time but it never got to the level of like a rift or a wow where it was like oh my question was full and i'm level two what <laughs> something's wrong with that uh, yes i'm being hyperbolic but but you get the point um so i i think final fantasy has gotten pretty uh, after cost it all soul i think it was probably the only part in the time where it was like uh where they got but they did fix it like it was something like where cost of soul was a big complaint but going forward from that point and even into the expansion which i will assume going further into the next expansion they want to continue with like this very strong narrative quest line um which i think is far more intriguing i think instead of like doing these junk quests where it's like much more story driven and and making you feel like like you're going this big epic adventure which you should feel like doing you should yeah um we, we did touch on it a bit earlier that they have identified that there are things that they haven't done well in the past in development. How they had the entirety of 1.0, which was, as everyone knows, when Final Fantasy XIV first came out, it was a huge, huge failure. And they had 1.0, and it was terrible from all accounts. But they, they had a mea culpa. You can't say that about many game, you know, companies. A mea fucking culpa. They're like, we fucked up. We're taking this shit down. You know, that's that's impressive exactly. to do. They went and they took it down and they came back and redid the entire thing and came back and released 2.0 and they've had success from there and they've just continued going and being like, you know what? Okay, we didn't do this so well, so we're going to try to fix it a little bit or adjust it so it's not quite as bad. And going forward, we're not going to do that anymore because, you know, it just it didn't work. Awkward's fun to have in chat. <laughs> she's just like she's quoting like lines. That's great. Um, <laughs> stuck in my head now. Damn it. Yeah, good. I'm not complaining. It's a great song. Earworms. All right. Um, so, okay, but it is. Review you guys singing this. All right, Shin, go, go ahead, Shin. No. <laughs> we'll we'll link it to you. Um, we've seen her sing live. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm really so hoping good. that I get to see her again when. Uh, I'm going to Distant Worlds in December, and I'm hoping that she ends up coming. Yeah. Are they going to say when they do FanFest Canada, and you're trying to wink and just awkward? Oh, yeah. I'm still pushing that we want to have FanFest up in Canada. Yeah. Um, what, there's like two of you guys up there in the frozen tunder? Um, there's at least two of us in chat. 
Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking uh, I'll hang out on the internet. Ah, yeah, that's yeah, funny. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so all right, right? It's right. <laughs> oh, geez, let's I not. Mean, all right, <laughs> all right. Let's not make fun of America's hat. Let's just keep going. Catch. <laughs> we're Canada's pants. So I don't see anything different. <laughs> it goes both ways. Okay, yeah, no worries. That's just a hat pants. Um, let's see, cash shop. Nobody yeah, cash shops. All right. Um, Final Fantasy. Does it doesn't have one in game? Like, there's nothing that like their cash shop is so hidden <laughs> that you have to log into the 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 Moogle um the Moogle the really the, terrible uh, interface and yes. you have to somehow manage to pay them and hope that it doesn't mess up the payment and you get your account banned. All right, well let's <laughs> cool cool it, chief. <laughs> Mog station, thanks, Hogmorn. Uh yeah, let's go. So you go into listen, I'm gonna forget things. Uh so you go into the Mog Station, there's a store, but this I don't know, it's not like I'm buying XP potions. Like they have stuff that normal like what what would Warcraft would have, like character uh changes or or, or uh stuff that uh, move your character off server to another server. Was it like wow, did the first fifty dollar mount or something like that? But then not well, they got mounts. They're only like ten to twenty five. Yeah, like that's it's it's not so bad. And then but but I will say this, most of that money has been proven to go back into the game because that's they didn't good. they did announce that when we were at our fan fest, they said, hey, listen, we want you guys to know that the money from the store went back into creating the European servers. So it's not like they're taking that money and it's like, well, thanks for the money. It's going in our pocket. I'm sure some of it does go into the pocket, but they are saying we do take that money and put it right back into the game to make the game a better experience for our players. Like for in May, they're going to take our servers down for two days. Is it 48 hours? They're switching servers. So we're in a we're in a better server. Uh, they're taking from Canada, which Shin is upset about, but they're going to put it more centralized at a newer state of the art server center so that they can do a lot of the changes that they want to do for the expansion. So I, that's it's, it's a really good sign of a game that's getting one, the, the, the budget that it should be getting and two that, you know, they're taking the money that they're getting from the game and putting it back into said game. And I'll add a three that they're invested long term in this game because updating infrastructure means you're getting ready for the future. That's the only time you ever do yes. that. You never go back and change systems unless you really have to or really want to because that's like the most challenging stuff. It's the foundation, right? Yeah. Yep. It's like, like they dropped support for PS3 starting this June. No, what am I going to do for PS3? Uh, uh, but it was for good reasons, though, because they they looked at the numbers and saying, "Well, there's not a a lot of people." I I, I, I don't know those numbers. 10, okay, right. <laughs> I was one of them. Damn. Listen, play, listen, PlayStation Great Three people. Class. He he he's not even playing the damn game, and he just made funny. <laughs> So maybe it is time to change. <laughs> Just saying. To be fair, uh, I only have a PS3 as a console. I've never gotten a new generation. It's something I've always wanted to do, but I'm still like sitting there Grand Theft Auto or Last of Us on my PS3. Well, Last of Us is a fantastic game. It doesn't matter what console you play it on. So good. Um, oh, look at that Switch, man. I love it. Yeah. How is it? Do you enjoy it? <laughs> We're going way off topic right here, but way off topic. Like but it? yes, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, I so I don't I don't know how I'm gonna segue this, but speaking of junk loot, <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I, I maybe maybe I'm talking about Breath of the Wild because you collect a lot of shit in that game. Not the yeah. Switch. Oh yeah, the PlayStation Switch. Three junk loot. Come on, I'm trying to be off Yeah, <laughs> they became um, strong tonight. I don't think junk loot's a big problem in this game, and also they're gonna increase the because I, I, you could say no to it. Like you could just say no, I don't want this. Like it's not I would say that it, it's still that it's a thing is kind of annoying. Like it, I have played games where they just completely got rid of drunk loot and they just gave you money. 
Like, and I found that system a lot nicer. Like instead of having to go back all the time to sell this crap here and then, like, just give me the money right out front. But I would, you would, I would also say that the, the loot, the, the junk that we would consider junk is that's useful for crafters. And see, no, that's good. That's good. Like junk loot. When I wrote that down on the list of hates is literally when it is junk. Like you're just like, going to sell it to merchant for coin. Like if it's just like, junk to you at the time. That's fine. But as long as it, it, has it is, role, it, it has a role. Like trash. I, I, don't Good. think there is too much stuff in the game that doesn't have a role. Like, I don't think there's anything that there are these coins you get, but those are interchangeable for money. Like you get like these, like you have an option. I would say maybe that's a junk loop, but you, since it has a gill value, that's higher than like what you would sell like a piece of gear for you. Like, that's what you would take instead. Like I could take this piece of gear, but it's useless for me. I'll just take that coin. Cause it's going to give me like a thousand gill or 2000. So I'm going to get money. So it's which what you just said, like just interchange it. Like you just choose to get that coin um so but they are going to expand like yeah. the inventory system in the expansion as far as yep. they can get it as big as they can make it so, so oh, wow. yeah so yeah so was, mm, let's see what happens this next topic poor inventory systems like uh, eq2 why do i have to have 300 tiny little bag square spaces that i have to visually sort through when i can just have like a search and you know they finally implemented it eight years after launch how hard is a search system it's how we like use the internet right um, I, there's got to be better ways. I like the challenge sometimes of inventory management, but it can't. It can't be like you can bathroom, right? The, the inventory management system got a kind of a uh, an overhaul. I think uh, I can't remember what patch it was, but I want to say it was going into Heaven's Word, where they added a sort system, and you can actually go into the like the menu and sort. Like I want it sorted by this or i want it sorted by this or like i want crafting items to be like the first thing sort like so that you know that everything that's going to be stored in your bag sorts in a specific way um i hope and they have a right click search system so if you need like all right if somebody links something in chat do i have that you can right click it in chat and then you can see or if you're looking for like a specific item in your um crafting guide and you right click on it you can search and you can say all right is it in my bank it'll tell you if it's in your bank or if it's on your inventory so you're not wasting time looking specifically in your stuff or you can go to your bank instantly and just be like oh it's over here so i just gotta go in my bank and go grab it so they do do that um and I could be wrong, and somebody in chat may tell me that we, they have a text search system to just type i slash i search. So there you go. Never knew so, that one. That's good. To- yeah, oh, yeah. Now Ockmore's about to drop some knowledge on. Sheesh. They do have a text search system in the game where you could type slash search, and it might tell you the spot in the bag. Is that how it works? That's how it works. Me too. Yeah, it so does, and it tells you if it's also in your the uh, Final Fantasy equivalent of a bank. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. I like yeah. that. That's good. Can't. Uh, yeah, Ockmorn works for Final Fantasy XMV. She does. We just didn't want to. <laughs> she does work for Final Fantasy 14. She better know what the fuck she's talking about. I don't know why she's talking about herself in the third person. Unless she did it slyly so I would talk about her. Oh, wait. Maybe she's she also one of our favorite community managers. She is. She's, she's, a, she's a snack queen. I would say she's my favorite community manager, but I also don't know any other ones, so it might not be fair to them. Well, she seems yeah. awesome. She's hanging out with you fellas. So that means she is a kind soul. She is I, awesome, both in chat and in person. We did I would say hi when we were at FanFest. I saw ba- when I saw Bayonne at, uh, at FanFest, him and I had the same shorts on. And I was like, well, I mean, if anything, <laughs> style brothers. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're turning into a cherry over there, shouldn't. <laughs> so. No, that's actually the lighting here. 
Yeah. For whatever reason, I'm always really, You've really. Always got the yeah. sly little yeah. Let, um, <laughs> let it slap. Uh, so power creep, uh, and this is probably this is our last topic, and then we're gonna. Uh, Bayona was never wears anything other than shorts. Me either. So I'm telling you, style brands. Uh Power creep <laughs> live. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shin put uh, in purple. Live for the swarm. I love that Shin put a bunch of like different like, like Shin lately has just been making a bunch of like all different references lately. Like the other day he made a Dune reference to me. <laughs> I was like, a- I don't know why you don't like. I'm a gamer. I'm a nerd. I, I know all these different no, things. I, why do you not expect me to reference because, these things? Because you do it. You do it so slightly though. Because you're just like in the middle of chat. You slide something in there, and I'm like, wait a minute. Did he just think of this? He do it. So, uh, power creep. How can an MMO avoid power creep over time? Um, that's a great question. I, it's hard for me to say with this game because they give you so many damn av- different avenues to, <laughs> to get gear to match. Like, it's still ha- a power creep. Yeah, we power do. creep is you know you've you've hit the max tier, and so you're gonna have to double the numbers or double the numbers and over. Um, you're hitting for a million instead of fifteen. I I know that they're that arbitrary system. You know, just I know that. Sub- I remember one of the interviews that they said there is going to be some sort of shrink that like like the gear eye level will go up, but the way we manage our like so we're not hitting a million health may be altered in certain like almost like a stat shrink, but not really. I don't know if there's going to be some behind so, scenes voodoo <laughs> or something. The way that I was hearing about it was something like. We have a certain amount of stats currently at 60. When we get bumped up to 70, we're not going to see a huge jump in the actual stat values over the next 10 levels, but we'll feel the effectiveness of it increase. So it's basically the numbers themselves won't go up that high, but each of those numbers as you increase will be significantly more uh, useful. Yeah. It's almost like we're starting to get more of an exponential growth as opposed to a, a curving off. It, it's starting to ramp up more but you get significantly less of them. So, so more of a, like, I think they're, cause the, Levin had more of a horizontal progression system and I'm not necessarily sure that they want to do an entire horizontal progression system with this game, but they, I think they are looking at how do we make it more meaningful to, it's gotta be really difficult, right? It, it, <laughs> I, I, but I think you have to start it at the beginning of an expansion. You can't just throw it in the middle of one. You have to start it at the beginning of an expansion and then, trickle it in yeah yeah, yeah, and then trickle it in if that's their long-term plan but we won't know until they're like bam here it is and all of a sudden we're like the whole time (laughs) so but they've done that surprise like like they like and i will say this like they've made some like crazy changes out like like pvp was three uh different um groups going uh out there and fighting each other but you had to be uh, in a specific grand company but now they open it up to be a freelancer which a lot of mmos don't do um because they want that like you're supposed to be the rp and the immersion but but it's q time sucked but then when you switch and you did freelancer all of a sudden you're like going in and it's like well less than five minutes i'm in a pv of uh, this large-scale pvp match against like was it like 64 72 people so so yeah three groups of yeah, 24 yeah so like you're I'm like this is great five minutes in i'm doing this like large scale like 30 minute battle <laughs> also uh, quick whoever decided that we we're gonna have three factions in pvp thank you because two faction pvp systems really suck yeah it's i like the three so um do horizontal progression systems prevent power creep or just hide it i think i think they uh, hide it i want to say hide it 
Yeah, me too. I don't think, cause I don't think you can get rid of it. Right. An RPG yeah. is about progression. So you can't just get rid of progression. You just have to change how it yeah. looks over time. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a grind, I guess. But, yeah. Um, yeah. it's just, it, it I think, I mean, giving something a little more meaningful to the gear. And also, I mean, there's like some stuff we didn't touch on and we're, we're already running over, but like, like making certain pieces of gear like way more coveted so that like people are more in tuned and wanting to run certain content. We can, there's a whole other topic and a whole other thing. Um, but I think we, I think we reached our point. Chewy, <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. Chewy, we, I think Shin and I did a pretty decent job talking about Final Fantasy 14 and a lot of its goods and bads. We, we, we'll admit when it does bad because we, we've done it on the show, but it does do a lot of good. And I th- think that if given, if you give it the chance, you think this would be an MMO for you to try? Uh, do you have the tar and feather waiting? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, uh, we can arrange it. So I'll tell you, I, you know, Final Fantasy, playing Final Fantasy was the closest I've come to being addicted to an MMO in a while. I, I really played a good amount of it. It was only because real life kind of really shifted on me that I stopped and, you know, haven't continued quite yet. But it it did a pretty job. I even talked to Tamil. I'm like, Tamil, do you th- ever think you might try it out again once? He's like, never. And I was like, okay. But, you know, I even tried to get someone else into it. Uh, I think it is a really high quality MMO. I think it does a lot of things really well. And I'm glad to see that the company's, you know, trying to build this strong future for it too. Because that means hopefully by the time I'm ready to jump back in, it's going to be just one kick-ass experience from start to finish. Yeah. It's, I'll take that as a yes. I'm said better myself. No, I think I think, I think it's a yes. I think it's a yes. your rhetoric is strong, gentlemen. You uh, you may have persuaded me to give it a try this weekend. But I don't know. All right. Final oh. Fantasy was the first MMO, well, not the first MMO, I should say, actually, but it was the first one to pull me back after I got burnt out for a number of years in MMOs, and I did come back very very casually, and I still am, especially compared to uh, every the other MMO that I've kind of played. And I found that just keeping that relatively casual bit and just playing for, through it, and it's kind of uh, captured my attention that way. And, and it's kind of kept me going, playing through it, all the main storyline. And I want to find out what happens with these characters. I want to find out what's going on. Uh, same for me. I think uh, the story drives me to play. Um, and not only that, I'm super excited for this expansion. Just like I know a lot of people uh <laughs> um don't give a lot of credit like like in warcraft where i was like people don't get excited too much because like sometimes stories shift um a lot but i think they do a really good job of writing an ending that may end on a cliffhanger that leaves you like wait what or you question them like am i doing the right thing are we going to be doing the right thing and without giving away spoilers because i don't want to do that <laughs> um i think the the storytelling is top notch and it's something that I think that people just need to dive in and get lost in the story a little bit because once you do I think it just hooks into you and you're just like it, it pushes you to finish the game because then you're just like I need to see what happens next I need to see what happens next and very few MMOs very very few MMOs I think achieve that on any level like not even and I played Warcraft for 12 years and I knew the lore like the back of my hand and I don't think any time in Warcraft where I was like Man, I got to keep going because I need to see what happens next. 
And I can only say that about Final Fantasy. So. And even I did play EQ2 for a number of years. And there was points when I was really invested in that story and I wanted to know what happened, but we never really got a lot of that completion. They had a storyline and there was things going on, but it was never like, it, I was never felt that involved in the storyline. And I'd have to make that a huge caveat with playing Final Fantasy XIV. If you're not someone who enjoys uh, stories or story lore type things, or you dislike cutscenes and stuff, uh, you probably aren't going to enjoy Final Fantasy at all because it's very, very story driven. It is, but at the same time, if you like getting, if you love high fantasy and high story driven games, and it's something that you think you can get uh, attached to NPCs and and get attached to a story, I think this is a game for you. I think it all a quick awesome. run before it sets in. Yeah, but it's also something that if you find yourself like as you're growing up and getting older, you're starting a family, and you want to still some have minions crafting for me. Yeah, or or even like have that time to like I have time to run a uh, a raid or run something. It's it gives you that ability to do that without sinking an exponential amount of time into it. Like I have yeah, a couple two two hours, I can jump in and do a raid boss, or I can do some crafting, and it, you feel. But the thing is, you always have progression coming at you, so it's not like it's time unspent well. It's always spent well, even as little as you put in, you still get something out of it. So. Very few games do that. But Chewy, I think we may ask you to come back on again. I'm not sure with what, but I think we could always dig up more questions and dive more into Final Fantasy 14 and MMOs. Maybe after you played the game a little bit, I would love to if if and when have you come back on, maybe talk about your experience and and see where you are with the game and and see kind of like how you know how your opinions and maybe come back and even look at some of these questions and have you answer them and say well you guys explained it this way and when i played it you're wrong yeah you guys you guys suck (laughs) you guys suck i'm sure i'll be like this is exactly what you told me (laughs) Um, but but honestly seriously it's been tons of fun talking to you guys it's almost been two hours now. A little over yeah. can count the pre-chat or pre-show, which I didn't know happened. They're just recording me and transmitting my private communications live, which is something we should get into with the FCC, gentlemen, this being a podcast and all, but they might be gone soon anyway. So yeah, a- a boom, uh, but seriously, thank you all so much for having me on the show. It's been a long, long time since I've been able to talk about this stuff and I'm very rusty because of it, but this has been a, a blast from the past. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so, final thoughts? Shouldn't you got anything left in the old tank? That's everything I got for this one. I would love to dig into some of these topics again more in depth. And but uh, yeah, it's a good point to cut off here, and uh, we'll we'll schedule some more shows. Yep. Um, all right. <laughs> I have to look at that video later. Uh, so uh, I want to go ahead. Uh, I have nothing left. I think we uh, I think we really dug a lot in depth about MMOs and Final Fantasy 14. Um, this was a very different type of show for us. And I hope that the, everybody listening uh, got something to take from it. Uh, I would say even if this is the the uh, episode you give to a friend to listen to, that's like like they play Warcraft or they don't play MMOs. And maybe they're like, I want to try Final Fantasy 14, but I don't know if it's something for me. Maybe this is the episode you give to them to listen to. And I think that uh, 
use it as a tool as <laughs> to, to get your friends or family um, that may ask these questions. Convert like, well, them all. <laughs> Join the cult of Final Fantasy. Yeah. And then when you get them here, don't forget that uh, Famfurt server. <laughs> you can find Shin and I and the Gruda gang. So if you want to apply for a FC. You we have hilarious it. binding coil runs. We do. Which uh, really isn't to us. It's actually someone else. We just happen to attend them. Yeah, we just show up. I'm not saying that we're the reason why it's funny, but I'm pretty sure it's us. Anyway, uh, with that, I got nothing left, so I'm going to go ahead and mute Discord. So, guys, you want to say one final goodbye to everybody? Bye. You guys All hail, awesome. Lava Scorpion. Thank you. I'm going to join in. I don't know what it is. All hail, Lava Scorpion. All right, there. I'm See? a proud supporter. <laughs> well, that's how you get it. That's how you get will the- love you. I'm yep, that's, convinced, that's, as you can tell. Anyways, thank you gentlemen so much for having me on. It was it was a pleasure. Thanks, Chewy. All right. So um want to thank you all for joining us for uh Maelstrom Radio. Uh Next week, we discuss the, uh, we spoil 3.56. It's about time that Shin and I sat down and discussed that ending with you guys. Um, so, uh, show up next week. Please go and play 3.56 if you haven't already. I'm sure you already have, but um, if you haven't, probably don't listen to next episode, but I was just listening to it. So, uh, for Shinter and Chuina, my name is Flatus, and until Sea Swallows All, keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is a production of MaelstromRadio.com, Blackfire Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening theme provided by Benjamin Anthony James. You can find more of their music over at SoundCloud.com forward slash Ben773. Our outro is provided by Sodo. You can find more of their music over at SoundCloud.com forward slash Sodo. Views and opinions expressed on this episode are of those of Maelstrom Radio and their hosts, and do not reflect the views and opinions of Square Enix. And until C swallows all, keep listening.